Live from the heart of Lincoln, America, welcome to Ticket Weeknights on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hello and welcome into the Daily Nebraskan Show on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. I'm Ben Droz, one of the sports writers at the Daily Nebraskan, and I'm joined here today by both assistant sports editors, Anthony Rubick and Marissa Cross. Guys, how are you doing? Doing well. Yeah, doing well. How about you? You know, I'm doing pretty good. First show this week on Monday, on a Monday. So a lot to recap from over the weekend. We're going to first start off with kind of the biggest game that was on Sunday, which was the men's basketball game against Illinois. Nebraska traveled to Illinois trying to get their first conference road win. Weren't quite able to get it done. Lost in overtime, it was just a tough loss for Nebraska. It And what made it sting so much more for Husker fans was the fact that Nebraska was that close. And we'll touch on this more later, but there had been a lot of people saying that the refs were not on Nebraska's side. A lot of blaming for that. We can kind of touch on that later, but can, you, can I just get your just opening thoughts of the game from both of you? Yeah, like you said, just absolute tough loss. I mean... This was a game where it doesn't hurt Nebraska too bad, but it, no. a win there could have just maybe even made them a lock into the NCAA tournament field. It was just it was a game where they really didn't look like a team that was struggling on the road. This was the best yeah. they've been, they've looked on the road mm-hmm. the entire Big Ten conference slate. So them to just push uh, Illinois to overtime, obviously down ten late make a comeback there, take the lead with nine seconds left, then give up a foul, sends the game to overtime, not able to pick it up there. Just a devastating loss. Yeah. Um, basically what Anthony said, it wasn't a, a horrible loss. It wasn't a blowout as some of their previous games have mm-hmm. been. Um, so there's, I guess, a little bit of improvement there. Um, but yeah, and a win to Illinois definitely would have put them, you know, leaps and bounds forward. But um, I guess just going forward, there's just some things to improve, and, and hopefully one day we can get a road win. Yeah, I mean, it. that's kind of been what, you know, the proverbial hat on Nebraska's, they just they haven't been able to get that conference road win. Just, they can't get over the hump. And, I mean, I, I've heard this a lot, so but I don't really want to reiterate it, but I'm going to. They just have to get one. Once they yeah. get one road win, no one's going to be talking about, oh, Nebraska can't win on the road. Like, no one will talk about mm-hmm. it. It's See, like, I was not confident that Nebraska was going to win this game. And we could touch more on specifics, why Nebraska lost, stuff like that soon. But it was just, I mean, I was honestly, it, this this game made me feel more confident about the Northwestern game coming up. Like, this was a good Illinois team. And Nebraska almost got it done yeah I mean looking at this Illinois team especially after how Wisconsin kind of fared this past week Illinois is a team that I think rivals Purdue in that top spot in the Big Ten I mean they're just a great well-rounded team guys like Marcus Domas Terrence Shannon Coleman Hawkins really had his way against Nebraska Uh, and yeah you're right I mean this game really just gives me some confidence going forward I mean I've felt somewhat optimistic going into this these two road games after the Wisconsin game after the effort they put in and their performance yesterday really just 
hammers that home for me. And you're also just going back how they you they just need one. Look at mm-hmm. Northwestern. They only have they're one in five conference yeah. away games. And no one's talking about them. Yeah. Michigan State, one in four conference away games. It's really just that monkey on Nebraska's back. Yep. That they just need to get they just need to shake off and that could really just help them going forward. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, going specifically into the game. The reason this was a close game was, A, Nebraska shot it pretty well, f- almost 43% from behind the arc, 42% overall. Nebraska was out-rebounded by 17. Illinois had 50 rebounds to Nebraska's 33. So, But, I mean, that's expected. Nebraska yeah. gave up 17 offensive rebounds. That hurt. But the thing that made it close was Nebraska only had nine turnovers. Oh, yeah. And that's the stat I'm going to look at every time. It's like, yes, we need we need to shoot the ball well. Nebraska needs to shoot the ball well. You got to try to get as many rebounds as you can, but you're an undersized team. You can only do so much. When Nebraska doesn't turn the ball over, they can beat anybody. Like, that's yeah. been the problem on the road is that there's just so many, like, slip-ups up, slip and mistakes. You know, Gary was back. He was back the game before, but, you know, he was really back. It felt like this game. He had a pretty decent game, but... um. Yeah, it was just really nice to see that Nebraska was finally not getting in their own way with the turnovers. Yeah, uh, Nebraska won the turnover battle. Nine turnovers on the game for them, 14 for Illinois. And as they also were converting off those turnovers as well, yeah. scored 18 points off of them. So much improved effort on that end. And that, again, that really gives me optimism going forward because you mentioned the rebounding. That's just what you're going to have to live with, I think, yeah. for Nebraska. They're, They're an undersized team. Yeah, undersized team playing against these physical Big Ten teams. Illinois leads the Big Ten in not only rebounds per game, but also offensive rebounds yeah, a game. I mean, you so, knew it was going to be tough for them. Yeah. So, obviously, they were going to lose in that aspect. And then just the way that they were able to just perform up, keep up with all the other aspects of the game, the things that they could control, like turnovers, really, really kept them in this game, especially when they face these deficits. They face numerous deficits, mm-hmm. six-point um Six-point deficits, seven-point deficits. They were down 10 late. Just they were able to rally back from those with just some very confident play on the offensive end. Yeah, I kind of want to touch on that more now. So, Tominaga, after three dud games, had a pretty good game. 31 points. I mean, I, I'm gonna, I feel like pretty, pretty good might be a little bit of an <laughs> understatement. Um, I was kind of frustrated at early that Mass wasn't getting the ball more, but he kind of he picked it up in that second half. He finished with 22 points. I mean, the thing was, it's like, okay, Tominaga got going, Mass was good, but then there was no Wilcher. Yeah, there was no Wilcher. That was surprising. He only had 19 points, one of six from the field, only scored two points. Like, that was weird because Wilcher had been Nebraska's most consistent yeah. player on the offensive side over this last month, in my opinion. While mm-hmm. Tominaga and Mass had like the big games, Wilcher was this every game consistent. From the three-point line. You know, he, I was kind of thinking he might get six. You know, he's like six man of the Big Ten. Like, that's oh, yeah. what it feels like. So, but he didn't have a strong of a game. That kind of makes me feel why Nebraska kind of lost. Like, if I'm going into this, I mean, it was a close game on the road. Those are always hard to pull off. But, you know, when you're looking at it, Nebraska didn't get as much bench production as they're used to. Gary chipped in 12 off the bench. But, you know, they're used to Wilcher. You know, having the 15, 17-point games, 20-point games off the bench. Yeah, I mean, 
This was the first time Wiltshire scored single digits since the Iowa game on January 12th. It wow. was just that was a while. That's a long yeah, time. long time ago. That was the game after the Purdue win, and mm-hmm. yeah, it was just very surprising, very uncharacteristic from, especially just of how hot he's been as of late. It took a step back, especially in times where Nebraska really needed those points. But you also mentioned Casey Tominaga looks to finally be back. I think he played. I mean, obviously a career high 31 points. It's obviously one of the best, one of his best games as a Husker. But yeah. I think it was really up there with it, just from what he did without scoring. He had three assists, which is a lot for his standards. Usually, he's not mm-hmm. known for a guy, known to be a guy Passing, who you give yeah. the ball to and pass the ball. But he really impressed me with his uh, way to get people open, pass the ball to them, and yeah, it was just an overall great performance for him. One, yeah. oh. no, you can go, Marissa. Oh, no, go ahead. Okay, I'll throw it to you. Um, so one thing that's kind of been weird to me is that Jamarcus Lawrence has really been struggling for Nebraska, and yet Hoiberg seems like unwavering that he's like the starter. Like at what point? No, I feel like Wilcher, like Hoiberg, doesn't want to move him. You know, he's really <laughs> comfortable with what he's doing. But like, at what point do you know does Gary start again, or does do you bring Hoiberg? Like I really like the minutes Hoiberg gets. He's just not getting that many. Marissa, I kind of want to throw this to you. Like, do you feel that Lawrence should still kind of be a starter for Nebraska? Do you feel like maybe they should be looking at, you know, Gary, he's still coming off the injury, but maybe when he comes back, should he be inserted instead of Lawrence? Yeah, that's a tough question. Um, I would probably lean more to the side of maybe, like like you said about Gary, still kind of coming back from injury, but maybe having him play a little bit more of a role. I think one of Nebraska's biggest issues so far um or kind of consistently the last couple years is that they don't really i mean there is some consistency but it's not very much like Mm -hmm. one day um you know tony nago will have a big day or mass will have a big day but they don't really have a go-to guy that they know will you know Mm -hmm. close out the game at the end um you know just go off on a scoring run and that kind of thing so i don't think it would you know hurt to put gary or another player in to see if that that they can, you know, play a little bit more of a supporting role yeah. um, than maybe Lawrence has. Yeah, I mean, Lawrence, they kind of threw him into that point guard role. Mm-hmm. And he just, like, I remember, like, being really pleased with him last year as a freshman. Oh, and yeah. it's just, like, I mean, he hasn't been terrible. Some it's a hard adjustment been. going from an off-ball guy who usually stands in the corner, kind of a 3-and-D type player, and now being kind of bred it into this primary ball handler, which yeah, obviously it's going to take him time to adjust. But yeah, looking at his minutes, he only played 15 minutes tonight, which is really the least out of anyone on the team. They had Kill yeah. Jacobson and Jeffrey Grace play, but those were strictly for fouls with guys in foul trouble. So yeah, I can definitely see like moving Gary into that starting spot. But if you are going to do that, you're going to have to ask a lot more from Bryce Williams and have him be a lot more just secure with the ball. He did good, obviously, only one turnover against Illinois. But, you know, him and Lawrence are the two primary ball handlers for Nebraska. And then it's rank mass, which I don't know if I want rank mass carrying the ball up the court every every possession. But, yeah, if if you're putting Gary into the starting lineup, make sure Bryce Williams just controls his passes because it seems like, at least especially in the first half of the Wisconsin game, he had some lazy passes. It's kind of his thing, but... He'll just have to step it up on that end. Yeah. I mean, 
I get Lawrence is like a good ball handler for us, but for Nebraska, but I mean, I feel like we need it. I feel like Nebraska needs it more off the bench, in my opinion. Like, hmm. I, I, when, yeah. you know, like Bryce Williams, if you give him the keys, I feel like he's going to be good. Like, I, I, like, I wanted him to get the ball more. He's like Nebraska's only threat that can get to the rim, in my yeah. opinion. Like, I, I just can't, like, you know, I would kind of flash it a little bit. Gary, maybe. Jamarcus Lawrence was, I mean, I feel like he's kind of just like a 3 and D guy. You know, he plays good defense, yeah. kind of sits on the three-point line. He had, you know, he can, has, he, but you've seen he struggled in the point guard role. Why would you not, I mean, like, I feel like Gary's eventually going to get thrown in that starting role, and it's probably going to be Alec that gets bumped back down. Mm-hmm. That's my guess. But, like, man, I really want to see Horberg start. <laughs> I just, I do. I feel like he'd be the perfect compliment because, like, they don't need like what they need is someone that can lead the offense when the starters come off. I feel like that can maybe be Lawrence's role instead of, you know, instead of like, you know, kind of playing second fiddle to Bryce Williams and like, you know, it kind of being awkward. Like I just feel like Nebraska doesn't know who they want to have be their primary ball handler because it's kind of like they don't really have a true point guard on the team. It's like, yeah. here's Bryce Williams, here's Lawrence, like somebody make something happen. It's just like it just looks clunky at times in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. It's that's kind of the risk that Fred Hoiberg took going into this season. Obviously, you had Aaron Eulis, then you know he's hasn't he's been suspended or just out out of games due to the gambling he did at Iowa. But mm-hmm. it's just it's hard to find. It's a tough thing to ask for a guy like Lawrence to do, especially with him. He never even played point guard in high school. Like it was a completely new venture for him. Yeah. But I can definitely see maybe trying Hoiberg out starting or Gary. But I do think if you're going to start Gary, probably move Alec to the bench because you you need that guy yeah. off the bench. You need that forward off the bench. Yeah, We're talking about guards, but you ne- still need that forward too. And that's where yeah. Gary has shined in the last two games off the bench. But Alec has also done so as well with Gary starting. Well, I mean, let me throw this. I mean, is Hoiberg maybe going to keep Alec in mass because of the rebounding issues? Do they feel like it's better if Alec and Master? I feel like Gary's just as like, I feel like Alec's probably a little bit better of a rebounder, but like Gary's a really good rebounder. I feel yeah. like Gary needs to start. Like, this this mm-hmm. is what I don't get. See, when coaches, it's like it's not who starts the game, it's who ends the game. Mm-hmm. But like, my thing is, well, if they're ending the game, why are they not starting the game so we so Nebraska <laughs> doesn't get down early. Like, that's what Sometimes I Sometimes you need that off the bench, though. Well, I get it. That's what Wiltshire is. I, I, I like Wiltshire off the bench. It's like, it's like Nebraska's, like, at all times, they're like, oh, we want to always have, like, you know, three of our better players on the court. But then you have two guys that just, like, aren't, they shouldn't be starting, in my opinion. Like, Alec has been good. I'm not going to say he shouldn't start, but, you know, Gary, I feel like, should start over him. And then Lawrence, is, he's not been that good. Like I, I get he's just a sophomore. I don't want sophomore to, slump. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't want to, you know, dog on him. You know, he, I, he was really good for Nebraska last year, but I feel like he'd be more comfortable if you bring him off the bench, in my opinion. But, and we have comment comments on the YouTube stream it says six man is more important, and is Gary injured? No, Gary played. He's played the last two games. He's still recovering from the injury. He's probably not a hundred percent. I would yeah. say. But then again, they played him really cautiously. I, I feel like he's like probably almost 100%. In my I opinion. mean, last two games, he's played 33 minutes and 35 yeah. minutes. So, I mean, like, yeah, I feel like he's 
ready. It's just, is Hoiberg ready to put him in the starting lineup? I can, I think that's the thing. I think it's, I think the problem was that, you know, I don't think Hoiberg, he, Hoiberg didn't want to start him first game back mm-hmm. against Wisconsin. Yeah. So, and then, you know, they, Nebraska beat Wisconsin. So then it's like, well, then why change the starting lineup? You just beat Wisconsin. I think mm-hmm. so. I wouldn't be surprised if we see Gary start against Northwestern, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, it's honestly this kind of talk right now. It's it's a good problem to have for Nebraska. Having yeah. a guy this valuable coming off the bench and having a guy who's starting over him that really can do the same thing. They're, it's really like Alec and Gary. It's not like you move one to the starting line at the other becomes a complete non-factor. It's just at the end of the day, you want to have your best guy starting in. Juwan Gary has just been great for Nebraska this year. Again, I think he's maybe the best rebounder. He had 11 rebounds against Illinois. I know there's guys yeah. like Mass, but he, he might be even better plays than up. Alec. Yeah, he plays bigger than his height. I know he's Gary is 6'6", but he plays like he's 6'10", you know? Yeah, I mean, that's why, like, I feel like a lot of times Nebraska's always playing catch-up. Like, not every game, but, you know... I feel like Nebraska is having to play catch up in a lot of these games. And it's just weird that like, I get like, you don't want to have, like, it's always nice to have that leader come off the bench. That's Wiltshire. Like don't touch Wiltshire, leave him where he is. But it's like, come on, Gary needs to be put in the starting lineup already. Lawrence doesn't look comfortable in his role. Like we need, that needs to be changed. But I want to go specifically more into the Illinois game when the game was winding down, there was, I first want to go to overtime. There was a lot of questionable calls. And I've, you know, all over my Twitter feed, all it was was, oh, he was mass fouled on this last <laughs> one. And it's the guy query slapping him on the arm. Or when the, I forgot what it was, but when the Illinois guy came with, down with the rebound and he like pivoted travel, like yeah. six times, uh, like he's changed his pivot for like six times. It's just like, it's calls like that that was frustrating fans. Now, I, don't feel like the refs have it out against Nebraska or anything like that's just conspiracy talk. But like there was some bad calls that definitely did not help Nebraska. And I feel like that's kind of one of those things that it feels like the home team usually gets those calls more than the away team. That's just like my feeling though. What do you think? Yeah, that's something that me and my roommate were actually talking about today about the game. Like look back at the Nebraska Wisconsin game and go on Twitter that night. You saw a lot of Wisconsin fans saying the refs were letting Nebraska tackle Wisconsin in the second half. The refs were just biased towards them. Yeah. Then look at the Illinois game the other the other night. Fans are saying that oh Nebraska Nebraska versus refs. I definitely think that at least in Big Ten play, especially looking at how good teams are on the uh, at home this year. Like I know Nebraska's zero and six in away. That's really a whole problem with the whole Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They're all struggling, except for Purdue, and that's Purdue. So, yeah, I can definitely see refs kind of favoring the home team more. As for last night, like, was Mass fouled? Probably. I'm I'm not saying that's the reason Nebraska lost. I don't like blaming games on refs. Well, there's so many things that went up to that. Yeah, like, that, did yeah. the refs get 50 rebounds to Nebraska 33? No, Illinois did. Yeah, Marissa, what are what are your thoughts on the refs and calls you saw towards the end of the game last night? Yeah, um, well, first of all, I was kind of watching the Grammys at the same time, <laughs> so I don't I don't think I could like Big pick night apart for Taylor of, Swift. Yes, absolutely. 
Uh, so I don't think I could pick off like, you know, every call or every yeah. detail, but um, I don't know. I definitely kind of just has like a casual viewer. I, I did notice that there was a lot of ref calls. And like Anthony said, I don't really like to blame the ref or say that like they lost just because of the refs. I think Nebraska definitely had their chances. I know there was like a pretty big three pointer that Tominaga kind of missed at the end. Uh, mm-hmm. That kind of maybe would have at least tied it or, or changed the dynamic of the game. But um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't think the refs had it out for, for Nebraska, but there there may have been a questionable call or two, but it definitely wasn't why they lost. It definitely didn't help. And that's why fans are so mad about it because it's just like, it always, you know, fans are, it's like, why is it always Nebraska? You know, why does this always happen to Nebraska? And, you know, like, I think fans, Husker fans, just need to be happy with the fact that Nebraska didn't get smoked out of the water, that it was close. Like, this was their, outside of the Wisconsin game on the road, this was their toughest road game. Maybe even oh, yeah. tougher than that Wisconsin game. That, like, Sunday night's game looked like an NCAA tournament game. And yeah. that is why I am still confident that this is an NCAA tournament team. When I looked at the last bracketology on ESPN, Nebraska is currently a 10 mm-hmm. seed. So they're kind of teetering on that edge. But I said before this three-game stretch, just get two. Okay? I knew the two that are most gettable were probably Wisconsin at home because Nebraska seems to only be able to win at home and then Northwestern on the road. The Northwestern on the road game... We're gonna kind of we're gonna try to preview that more tomorrow instead of today, but that Northwestern game is gonna be big. Like they're gonna like that is the last true resume builder game left on Nebraska's schedule. And if they don't get it done, it's just a bunch of games that like, yeah, if Nebraska wins out, it'll look really good. But you know, if you lose to Michigan on the road, <laughs> it, it could get dicey really fast. And you know, the magic number always kind of seemed like 20 or, or 21. Like how, mm-hmm. like when we get closer, we're kind of maybe predict how many wins they're going to get. What will it mean? Like Nebraska is probably not going to be a first round exit, especially if, you know, they stick top half of the Big Ten standings. They probably won't be a first round exit. But, you know, I always think, you know, if they are a Big Ten for first round exit of the Big Ten tournament, will it be enough if they don't beat Northwestern? Yeah, I think this Northwestern game, if they're able to pull this game off on the road and then they're able to just take care of business at home, I'd feel very confident even heading into the Big Ten tournament. Again, you obviously squander a quad one win opportunity against Illinois, mm-hmm. but now you have another chance on Wednesday. And yeah, I mean, it's going to be a big game. Yeah. Nebraska is looking better on the road now. And I, against yeah. Northwestern earlier in the year, they already have beat them once. They, mm-hmm. It was a game a little too close for comfort especially how Nebraska kind of collapsed the last half of the game but they still got the win yeah so, yeah. yeah um we had a text on the text line it says Big Ten has the worst offici- officials in every week it's embarrassing I mean honestly th- I think that's the most frustrating thing it's like I feel like a lot of what I've seen from fans is that you know it's not like they feel that Nebraska is being targeted or anything it's just like overall mm-hmm. Big Ten refs are just not like there's been yeah. a lot of questionable calls and like you know, I'm not like a huge person that, you know, like, oh, man, refs are throwing games, like anything like that. But, you know, when it's that many bad calls, it's just it, it's egregious sometimes. And, you know, they they missed some big calls that could have swayed the that like probably swayed the difference of the game. But 
You know, we have to bring it to break. When we come back, we're going to get some women's basketball talk. Ben Beacom, one of our uh, sports writers on the women's basketball beat, is going to call in. He covered the game against Rutgers that they played on Saturday. So we're going to do that and more on the Daily Nebraskan Show right here on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com right after this.